Hey friends, welcome to episode three of the Free to Love podcast, Transforming Pain to Peace. We're calling this episode Wholeness, the Six S's and an Invitation to Feel It All. If you've been tracking with us thus far in episode one, we tried to identify the cultural moment and some of the crises that we see going on in culture, in the church, in ourselves, in our communities, as well as introducing ourselves, the conversation partners that you'll be journeying with over the course of this season. Episode two, we got the privilege of sitting down with Dr. Terry and Sharon Hargrave and exploring some of their story, but more specifically, what's known as the restoration therapy model. It's a therapeutic modality, APA approved, that informs and undergirds not only our conversation throughout this season, but also the communities of practice that you'll hear us refer to as men's skills, women's skills, leadership skills. And that's just a community of people in our church and in local churches, regional churches that are saying yes to the healing journey together and are using some concepts and some common language to try and help create resources and relationships that will empower and encourage and inspire one another in the long but fruitful journey of healing. So I'm excited for you to join us for this conversation. It's rich and it's well worth our time. So thank you so much. And we hope you enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome to episode three of the Free to Love podcast, Transforming Pain to Peace. Um, Joseph Carlson here, and I'm with the two founts of wisdom themselves, <laughs> Jeff Rinke yeah. and Jennifer All. Guys, it's great to be back with you. Yes, yes, good to be back with you both. How's everybody doing? Just quick check in as we before we jump into today's material. Jen, how you doing? I am stifling a laughter that came up right before we started recording. So here I am filled with joy. It's fun to be with you both. Oh, don't stifle it. You can wow. let it out. <laughs> in yourself. No, it's what a blessing we get to do this. It's such a joy for me to be with you guys and mm-hmm. and we get to just share what God's doing in our lives and what we're seeing he wants to do in, in our culture and our community. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. Well, today, um, episode three, we're going to try and cover a couple of different things. Um, first, we're going to start out by talking about six key spiritual disciplines that um, Jeff has identified. And it's not just Jeff. These are kind of classic spiritual disciplines yeah. that transcend the ages, but that are really key to the process of the healing journey. And mm-hmm. for people who are listening to this podcast that are actually in a skills course, um, this is something that you do at the very outset where you're asked by your facilitator to reflect on these six S's and to identify one of them that really jumps out at you that you want to focus on over the course of um, of the sessions together, the 13 weeks or so that people mm. meet together. And so, Jeff... Um, to kick us off, could you unpack for us, name what the six spiritual disciplines are and and why you think that they're key to begin the healing journey? Yeah. So we want to attach these six spiritual disciplines to the focus of what we call holistic, um, integrated discipleship. That we want to see people grow in their faith and in the character of who they are in Jesus Christ. And so we believe that these disciplines are tools to help us walk down that path of spiritual, emotional, uh, relational growth. And so the six S's that we have 
uh, in the skills material is the first one is slow down, mm-hmm. uh, which is growth requires that we need to really stop and we need to evaluate uh, where we are. And I think it's critical that that in our culture today that we need to learn how to slow down. Secondly, is to surrender. And when it talks about spiritual growth, is growth requires us to identify what are some of the destructive behaviors, emotions, or thoughts that are hindering us from becoming the person that God wants us to be. The third principle is to seek, and seek requires that we must really make God our first priority, seek first the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fourth principle that we discuss and that we encourage people to practice is to simplify. And this indicates that if we want to grow, we have to make life less complicated. Uh, We need to learn how to live with healthy parameters and boundaries. And the fifth one is when it comes to a relationship is we need to learn to be soft, to soften our approach to one another. And so that really looks like um, sensitivity and, and empathy response to our loved ones. And then the last one, the last principle is to serve. And serve basically is when we're, I believe if we're practicing these other five, then I think the fruit that God's asking us to do in the community is how do we serve one another sacrificially. So those are mm-hmm. those are the basic six that that are implicated and that we practice in the workbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of these are um, tangible behaviors and practices that um, spring out of the truth. It springs out of a place of peace. It springs out of a healthy place. Um, because I know as soon as somebody sees a list like this, there's a temptation to just any performer out there who's listening (laughs) immediately goes, okay, I'm just going to muscle up and do these things more. I add it to my checklist, my to-do list. I need to simplify my life. So here's how I'm going to put it on my post-it note of how I'm simple. Like it's, this is not a list of, um, more to add to your plate and more ways to feel ashamed. Yeah, that's good. It's really... These practices are fruit that come when you know who God is and you know that you're safe and you know that you're loved and you know that you belong, then you can go, oh my gosh, I don't have to do it all. I can simplify my life. I can draw boundaries. I can slow down. You know what? Surrender Mm -hmm. is not just capturing those negative thoughts and releasing them. Surrender is also releasing control. I don't have to like white knuckle everything. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these are, I think when... If you haven't gotten there yet, in in if you maybe listened to episode two where Terry explained yeah. about the pain and peace cycle, but when someone is walking in the in their peace, um, they are walking in the truth, and there's this fruit that comes out of that. Mm-hmm. And we say it's like we lean into nurturing and staying engaged. But to be honest, if you didn't grow up in a house where that was modeled for you very well, or you you know, if you're not in community mm-hmm. that's showing you how to do these things, you may not, you may want to stay engaged with others around you. You may want to uh, love well, but you may not actually have the tools to love well. Yeah. So these six behaviors and practices give you a tangible practice point of how to love well. And so I like that because it's not about um, a checklist of performance, it's about um, inspiring on your healing journey. What are some things that you're asking God to help you do as you walk in the truth? Yeah, that's mm. good. Mm-hmm. I was trying to 
That's really good, Jen. Thanks for grounding it in the pain and peace cycle too. And I love, I love what I'm hearing you draw out for us, which is um, warning people about the trap of performance. <laughs> That's because right? yeah. I'm a performer. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate that because I've got some of that performer in me too. And um, I know that when I'm actually stuck in that performance mentality and I read these, what I experience is shame, right? Yeah. What I yeah. and and the the mental um, the thought patterns that are are going on, which is like, it's just man, I'm I'm not measuring up in any of these categories, That's ex- right? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. said like a true performer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if Jeff, if you're um, if you're like Jen and I, I, I know you've got some performer in you <laughs> oh, too, <laughs> just a little, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but say somebody hears us describe those six S's and they have that kind of uh, all too common response, which is um, not this generous invitation that Jen painted for us, but this these kind of voices of shame. Um, how would you encourage them to try and reframe or engage with these six S's? Mm. Yeah, that's that's such a great question. I, Jen, I really appreciate um, tying this into this the engine that we believe. Uh, that God is giving to us to help us to process walking in our truth and putting off the old nature, putting off the old man, and then how do we put on the new man? And so these spiritual disciplines are, I think that they're uh, they are they are disciplines. They're they are tools um, and they're exercises that actually in many ways are going to expose us of where we are in our. You know, in our truths, are we really yeah. walking in our truth? That's and good. so it, it's not so much to lead us into shame or to or, uh, a place of um, of devaluing ourselves, but it really should show us the opportunity that God is providing for us to walk in His presence, to utilize these disciplines that we can experience a greater sense of freedom and mm-hmm. joy in our life. And so, the spiritual disciplines are birthed out of the grace of God. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really a yeah. birth out of the life of Jesus. However, the interesting thing about it is that for us to live a life of freedom, to live a life of joy, to live a life of um, of loving one another, is it requires discipline. Life That's requires true. discipline. That's true. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about why is it that Jesus, when he talks about the whole essence of love, why does Jesus say, this is my commandment, love one another? Mm. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. There is a choice there. We actually have exactly. to choose to love well. It's not this passive, well, if I am worshiping enough, if I'm praying enough, then the Holy Spirit will just be like a puppeteer and make my arms mm. and my hands and my heart just love. Like We have to agree to work with Him and choose to mm-hmm. right. take those actions. We have to choose yeah. how we govern our days and choose the thoughts in our heads and... We, I mean, he's right there, ready to, you know, partner with us. But he is not a puppeteer. We have to choose to to do this. We have to choose to love, and that's, yeah. I think, that's what you're saying with those. These are disciplines, and there is some discipline that it takes to say, yeah. I'm not going to give in to my flesh that wants to just knee jerk reaction to yeah. things. I'm going to choose to love the way God is offering me the opportunity to love. Mm. Yeah, and and really, these disciplines are doorways that we walk into this great life of of grace and joy and peace. So there's great rewards when we when we yield ourselves to the spirit of God and we practice these disciplines. 
It's not a matter of that I do this in order for God to be pleased with me. I'm doing this because God is pleased with me. I'm practicing because God does love me. And so that is the motivation for me to want to enter into into God's discipline and into uh, the practices he's given to us. Mm-hmm. So when I first looked at this list again today, one like some of them you go, yeah, sure, okay. Um, but then there's some that kind of are a little bit of a sticking point. And, you, and I think you were hitting on that, Jeff. It's like, why is that a sticking point? So then you do that gut soul reflection of like, oh, why does that word stand out to me? Why is that one a sticking point? You go, oh, because I'm not really walking in the truth that would allow mm. me to surrender or yeah. the truth that would allow me to s- simplify. And so then it allows the opportunity to go, okay, God, help me to believe this about you. Yeah. Help me to believe this about my life, which would let me let me simplify. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying that word because that's the word that stands out to me today. If I, cards on the table, simplify <laughs> is the word that I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's good. Because I, I have so much, mm-hmm. so many... Things I feel like I'm juggling. There's a lot of plates in the air and um, all good things. And so they all feel justifiable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, we're not meant to live in chaotic states of being. And um, even if there's a lot going on, you can do it from a place of peace and a place of calm and a place of um, maybe good. there are some no's I need to say in my mm-hmm. life. Yes. And I do absolutely. need to, to make sure I'm getting home and, and spending time with my three year old. So yeah. I'm like, okay, the word that stands out to me is, is simplify. I'm like, okay, Jen, um, where God help me to press in, what boundaries do I need to be setting? Where do I need to be um, not trying to do all things? Yeah, Maybe I need to trust that mm-hmm. there is a time and a place and this not everything has to happen now. So it's also trusting God with the time, um, the time of this year. Not everything has to happen right away. So I can simplify and and so I'm like, okay, that was very revealing. Mm. Thanks, God, for that yeah. <laughs> opportunity. I'm going to press into that. That's my word right now. Simplify. Simplify. Yeah. Well, for our co- cultural context, I think simplify probably could be on everybody's list. <laughs> I mean, um, busyness is, in our culture, a badge of, of worth. Yeah. I know. Right? I mean, so think about it when you when you run into somebody Hey, how are you doing? Like, oh, good. Just so busy, you know. I mean, yeah. exhaustion. We've we've turned it into this virtue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you sh- sharing that. Um, an interesting thing that I was trying to think of is though. So that might be unique to the Western or the particularly the American context. Right now, if you think about everybody's addiction to technology, walking around with you know space phones in mm-hmm. our pockets, um, social media media in general. I mean, there's just so much that is constantly going on that keeps us moving at such a fast pace, right? Sure. And I think it was I think it was Dallas Willard who said that um, you know, hurry is antithetical to the spiritual life. Yeah. You cannot develop a healthy emotional spirituality um if you're in a rush. Yeah. So I I definitely resonate with the slow down, mm-hmm. the slow down yeah. one. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to say one more thing that was kind of coming to mind as I was listening to you guys talk about this and particularly trying to manage that tension between, hey, these are actually disciplines that there's value in practicing them because by practicing them intentionally, we are participating. We're saying yes to God's action mm-hmm. towards us and we're participating in that reformational process, That's right? right? That's right. Which yeah. is so right. yeah. so deeply integral to the, the healing journey. But as I was looking at them, these are all 
framed as actions. Slow down, surrender, seek, simplify, soften, serve. Those are all actions, I, and I love that. But maybe it's just the way that I'm wired. I immediately was trying to think of what's a different way that I could unpack that. Is there, is, are these actions, aren't they trying to cultivate a, like a virtue or an essence in some mm-hmm. capacity? So I'm just going to try this out, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to hear your guys' um, your comments. So slowing down, well, slowing down, you could, another way of saying that is that you're trying to cultivate presence. Yes, mm-hmm. so that's right. S- slowing down leads you to being present. Mm-hmm. Surrender is connected to this value or this virtue of openness, right? Um, openness or curiosity. Actually, curiosity would probably connect to seek more. Yeah. Seek, the word intentionality came to mind, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You have to be, like, if you're going to say yes to this process, like you were saying, yeah. it's often, oftentimes I hear from people who've got spiritual and religious backgrounds, there's almost this magical thinking that says, well, hey, I just, yeah, if I go to church, if I just read my, my Bible, God is going to do something to me and I will magically not have these relational problems anymore mm-hmm. that my past doesn't matter, that I am, you know, I am clean, I am this new creation, bright, shiny, and new, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being in, Seeking and being intentional about working the steps in our healing journey is, seems really key. Intentional partnership. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's even to better. To choose God first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seek. I love that. It's so good. Yeah. Simplify is another way that I was thinking about that is um, that's just learning how to prioritize, mm-hmm. right? Because it is asking that question really of, in order to simplify, what you're really asking is what do you value? What mm-hmm. is most valuable? Mm-hmm. What is essential to life? What can you do? What's the most without? important thing here? Yeah. 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 And if you're in crisis, obviously, the most important thing, you know, like you guys see this here in the counseling center when you've got a marriage in crisis. Yeah. Well, hey, the the real question is, well, I mean, how important is your marriage? Mm-hmm. I understand that work is pressing. I understand that you know your kids are are needy, but really, what's your main priority, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, the principle number six, soften. I mean, I was wrestling with that one a little bit. Compassion. Mm-hmm. That maybe um, mm-hmm. that's a virtue you're trying gentleness. to cultivate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gentleness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then service. Uh, I was debating between others-centered or humility. Yeah. Which mm. I think there's. I think there is an integration there. Mm. Other-centered does require coming from a place of humility, which is interesting. When I when I ask the Lord to help me create this, is there is intentionality. In the in the sequence, mm-hmm. so there is somewhat that they build off of each other. And I, if you really think about it, that it does encompass not only our individual self examination, our own heart and our soul, but then it takes us to our relationship with God, and yeah. it connects us to our relationship with God. And then thirdly, it connect each the disciplines connect us with each other. Mm-hmm. So there's an individual self examination connection. There's a connection with God, and then there's a connection with other people. And there is somewhat of a sequence that builds off of each other, because you really can't properly soften and be empathetic and caring if you haven't surrendered the obstacles, the destructive attitudes, your destructive emotions, behaviors mm-hmm. that are hindering you from, from softening yeah. from one another. So there is, this, there is a foundational component 
there is sequence, but it's also circular. Mm-hmm. And different times of my life, I found myself needing to, to emphasize or lean into a different discipline. Mm-hmm. And I think for you, Jen, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> Is is this place of simplifying is so so relevant mm-hmm. for where I am right now in my life is in, in the transition I'm making in my life mm-hmm. is it's really really hard for me to simplify. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it helps. It helps to think about what what matters the most here. Can't do all things. Everything can't happen in a day or in a month or in a year. Mm. What is the what are the one to two things? So you're talking about slowing down. I am. I think they go together. That circular <laughs> yeah, right. nature of these things. Yeah. Just slow down, not just react to everything, and uh, trust God. There's that surrendering part. Mm-hmm. I love... This is so hard for our materialistic, logical kind of Western minds, but I, I love that you named that it is both linear and cyclical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, I was trying to think, Jeff, could you... if it's If it's linear... I was trying to put these six S's in like a essentially a sentence. Do you think anybody want to try? Go for it. <laughs> if you slow yeah. down, slowing down enables you to discover what you must surrender, um, leading you to seek God. It's good. Seeking God, you will hear from Him that which you need to prioritize or simplify. Mm-hmm. By simplifying that act of surrendering and letting go you will necessarily soften. You will also soften mm. because having sought God, you will f- be found by him. You'll be, begin to enjoy his presence, which will, his love will soften you. And because we are made in the image of God, it will inevitably result in us serving. If it's healthy, if it's authentic, it will inevitably lead us towards serving others because right. he's the God who moves towards us. Yeah. That's a good job. Yeah. I like that. It's good. But I know you're not performing, but good job. <laughs> no, I'm not performing. I'm just trying to figure out how I can hammer these things into my brain, you know, so yeah. it, it moves from from the head down to the heart, and yeah. I can actually start to slow down. Yeah. All right. So the six S's, uh, identifying, s- spend some time with these. If you need to, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I invite you to pause or maybe even rewind the last 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes where we've spent talking about and unpacking these um, and and ask uh, which one of these might you be invited to prioritize during this season that mm-hmm. would be really key to unlocking um, your past to unleashing God's healing love in your life. But so once you've identified that and sat with the successes, um, if you're following along in the group model that we walk people through, mm-hmm. um, the 13-week uh, group model of meeting, then now is the point where we would transition into our first official session. So congratulations, everybody. If you've been listening <laughs> thus far, you've made it through episode one of us kind of identifying the problem, introducing who we are. Episode two, we're talking with Terry and Sharon Hargrave. Uh, we're there unpacking the psychological healing model, the restoration therapy model, which undergirds so much of this material. And now, at long last, we are getting to the real meat and potatoes. So (laughs) session number one is entitled Wholeness. Um, Jeff, just to start off with you, why, why did you prioritize wholeness? What is so important about this theme of wholeness that we need to start there? Well, because for me, 
wholeness, it implies transformation. Mm. So when I'm experiencing wholeness in my life, I'm experiencing this amazing journey of experiencing God's grace and His mercy. And in that process, I'm developing a greater sense of self-awareness of who I am in the context of God's love for me, then creates a safe environment for me to want to integrate and to deal with my pain, to be open to areas of my life where in the past I've lived maybe out of shame and out of regret. But when I'm, when I'm living in that place of God's grace, that the, the fruit of that is becoming a complete, mature, whole, growing human being. Mm-hmm. So that's, to me, that's, I'm kind of giving you a generalization of what I see what wholeness really refers to. It's about, it's about spiritual, emotional, relational transformation. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Wholeness, I think, is a wonderful concept because Christ came and died for the whole person. Right. And I think sometimes we think he just came for our soul or he just came for this mm-hmm. part, but he pretends like he doesn't see our sinful nature, our fleshy parts, our the parts that we want to keep hidden away. Um, and the reality is, is he's already he already knows us. He knows us so fully. Yeah. He knows every part of us. There's nothing hidden from him. And he says, I've come for your whole self. Yes. The mm. all the whole of you, all of you. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, one thing I really desire to see the church do better and better is to is to help everyone understand that salvation is for the whole being, yeah. the whole person. Um, God cares about your relationships. He cares about your soul and your spirituality and your spiritual growth. And he also cares about your emotions. Mm. He cares when you get absolutely hijacked emotionally. He cares about when you are raging and um, depressed. He cares about all those things, and he cares about your mental health. He sees all of that, and he cares about all of it. And he says, I've come to give you life and life to the full, and that includes this holistic, mm-hmm. your whole self. Mm-hmm. We are Our whole self is invited to the table, and that is such a beautiful um, healing yeah. image for me. Mm-hmm. And I wish more people knew that. And so I love that this is right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. You need to know we're in the business of your whole being. There's nothing to hide here. There's nothing you have to keep away. Mm. Bring your whole self. I think I want to attach this to the scriptures because this is, I think it's the at the heartbeat of God's Go love for, it. for us. Lay it on us, and, Jeff. Um, you know, and one of the one of the passages that really speaks about this whole process of transformation is in First Thessalonians chapter five, twenty three and twenty four. It says, and I love this: "May God Himself, the God of peace, listen to how He describes Himself, how the Holy Spirit describes God. May the God Himself, the God of Shalom, of peace, sanctify you." Through and through, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless mm. at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the one who calls you into this, this place of wholeness, he is the one that is faithful, and he will do it. Mm. 
So again, it doesn't, it's not put, the burden of transformation is not primarily put on our shoulders. Yeah. It's, we find it's grounded into the heart of God and his sovereignty and his goodness that, that we are to work out our salvation in fear and trembling, but it's God who is working in us yeah. for good, for his good pleasure. So to me, this, this is freedom is the God of peace, shalom, is the God who desires to conform us, transform us, to form us into the image yeah. of his son. Yeah. What an amazing, magnificent purpose that he is involving all of us in that beautiful journey. Mm-hmm. I love how you translated for us in your reading, uh, the God of all peace, you, you mm-hmm. invoke this word shalom, and you know, for those who've studied Hebrew or have heard, you know, sermons uh, where somebody unpacks that shalom is contains inside of it this holistic sense, right? Mm-hmm. It is right. it is uh, union, it is peace, it is health mm-hmm. throughout all of the person, all of the cosmos. God's concept of shalom is this one where there is perfect justice, where there is perfect relationship, where um, where everything is restored, yeah. right? So I that just really jumped out at me, and I, I appreciated that, Jeff. Mm-hmm. So thanks for mm-hmm. thanks for grounding it in in a little bit of scripture, um, and it also brings to mind, you know, I part of me when I was listening to you guys describe and unpack this idea of wholeness, um, I thought about it in theological terms, um, which will be familiar for so much of our audience who've spent time in church, who've read Bible, you know, and there's, there's kind of classically three, but really four phases to the story, God's story, right? There's mm. creation, there's fall, there's redemption, and then there's new creation. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. The, the brokenness of humanity um, yeah. includes our physical brokenness. That's, mm-hmm. I think the only thing that I hadn't heard us mention yet, one of the things that I've really appreciated about um, saying yes to the healing journey myself is learning how deeply integrated um, my body is to part of this process. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It's the physical too. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of how many healings Jesus did. I mean, he all the time. And so you know that he cares about our physical beings, um, our our physical experience of the world. Mm-hmm. Because he, that he came in flesh and blood, and so I think that that's part of wholeness. Mm-hmm. I think to recognize that um, our physical bodies are a part of us; they're not this. Um, I, as someone who's been through trauma myself, one mm-hmm. of the yeah. one of the trauma responses is to sort of separate out your body yes. mm-hmm. from your yeah. <laughs> the rest of your being because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes your body was the thing that something mm-hmm. traumatic was happening to mm-hmm. and so there's like this self-protection that just rejects yeah. your own body profound disassociation yes yeah. and and so for Christ to say no I I created your body mm-hmm. physically I knit you together I'm aware of all your cells your limbs your physical flesh is not wicked and evil, your mm-hmm. physical flesh, the skin on your bones is um, my creation too. And That's I right. put you, I integrated you, uh, your whole self, your soul, your being is in this fleshy body, this mm-hmm. actual veins running through it. That's how we experience 
life. It's how we've experienced the breath in our lungs. It's how we experience one another. That's why mm. romance and touch, physical good, touch, yeah. all yes. of those mm. things are so powerful because we are integrated whole beings. Yes. We were created that way. And that's why, I mean, that's why sex matters. That's why you mm. can't separate out and say it's just sex. It's just a physical mm-hmm. act and it has no emotional connection. Right. That's why all these things are integrated because we are whole beings mm-hmm. And God created us that way. And so I love that you mm-hmm. brought that up. I think that's why when people struggle with illnesses, um, cancer, these things that make you feel like your body has betrayed you in some way, that's why part of the healing journey, um, part of the grief, part of the processing, part of coming and letting Jesus minister to you is um, <laughs> to work through those is because of that wholeness mm-hmm. that, we're, that we're longing for, that wholeness that God is wanting to um, uh, restore, mm-hmm. to be reconciled, yeah. all mm-hmm. parts of ourselves reconciled to each other. Um, yeah. yeah. I think you're right, Joseph, that a lot of this is reflected in the fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we get disintegrated from, for a variety of reasons, sin, injustice, yeah. yes. sickness, mm-hmm. um, all these things can, can be what fragments us. Yes. And but, we're, and we're seeing that we're seeing, the ripple effect of that in our culture today more totally. than ever before. Totally. Of we're seeing uh, the lack of wholeness is disintegration. Yeah. The lack of wholeness is fragmentation or polarization. The lack of wholeness is that of fracture, the fracturing of our culture, the breakdown of institutions, which those are all merely reflections of our, of the condition of our own heart, mm-hmm. of the condition of our own soul, of, Mm-hmm. Of really, we're just manifesting the Adamic, the Adamic nature mm-hmm. is the disintegration and the disconnection between God, which then it's reflected in our disconnection from ourselves, which we're going to see the consequences of a disconnection in our relationships, and yeah. that's what sin is. Yeah. And yet, God has promised, He's promised in His redemptive plan to bring wholeness and to bring healing mm-hmm. and to bring recovery, to bring restoration to that. But I think one of the other obstacles, and I know we talked about this beforehand, is one of the obstacles of understanding in the Western world how I think traditionally the church has bought into a Platonic or Neoplatonic view of That's man. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. you know, Plato, Unpack that word yeah. for anybody listening there, yeah. Jeff. What's that? Yeah. Unpack that, the, the, the platonic. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. yeah, so you know, Plato was, um, was uh, two centuries uh, before Christ, and he was a Greek philosopher, and uh, he emphasized the whole concept of what idealism is. But his view of man was that the good of man is spiritual, but the evil of man is the body. Mm-hmm. So there's been this disconnect. He he has created this worldview that the body, the emotions, um, is bad. Yeah. And so that disconnect, I think, has seeped into um, is really seeped in the church today. I think it's also impacted what we would consider traditional discipleship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as you were just sharing. Jen, is that, no, God is about the whole person, and that God is about healing every aspect of our humanity, not of our emotionally, our mind, um, our will, and then that's going to be manifested in how we love one another. Yeah. Hmm. Now, right away, I know some people are already thinking, well, the Bible does say that the flesh is, Mm -hmm. deny the Mm -hmm. flesh, right? This is different. Okay. 
Plato set up this dichotomy, and the church kind of bought into that a little bit about um, this rejection of of the flesh because there are scriptures that talk about the. Mm-hmm. And I think when the, those scriptures are really talking about the sin nature, the old self, the sin nature that is governed by our <laughs> our selfishness, mm-hmm. um, truly. And so that's that is true. All those things are true. Those that flesh, that sin nature is evil. Um, that is the sin in us. Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about in this conversation about whole wholeness. Um, is flesh and bone being our bodies, our experience of the physical world. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, has got the lines have gotten blurred there. Mm. Yeah. We've lumped in our physical experience of life with the flesh that's the sin nature. And what we're talking about now is, is how those don't have to be lumped together. Yeah. There is a sinful fleshy nature. And sometimes we will refer to mm-hmm. deny the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we are talking about, what we were just describing is our physical experience of life. And God is the creator and he created us and he loves these things. So our our own bodies are not what we're saying is the evil. Does that yeah. make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that we have to look at it in the context of Sin nature is the yeah. the one of the primary characteristics of the sinful nature is is that of disconnect or we compartmentalize. We're unaware of ourselves, and when we're unaware of ourselves, then mm-hmm. we lose our identity. and And we're living in a we're living in a culture. We're living in, in a culture where we're seeing the crisis of identity confusion, mm-hmm. and in in really in an era of narcissism. So the so there's such a profound disconnect of understanding our sense of identity, our value, our purpose that is is basically the result of our disconnect from a loving, caring God who created us in His image. So what we see, what I've seen that manifestation in the local church is that uh, that whether it's implicit or direct, is that emotions are not good. Mm-hmm. So. So what do we do when we feel sad or we f- or there's fear or how do we handle ha- anger? Well, most of us when we go to church is that we don't feel safe in expressing sadness or you we stuff don't f- it. Mm-hmm. We, what do it. we do when, when mm-hmm. there's anger yeah. and and um and and yet the reality is um, let's just look at the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus was fully God and fully man. Mm-hmm. He had a soul and he had a will and he ha- and he was a very emotional man, and he he cried. Um, he experienced great torment, you know, when he's in the Garden of, of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he dealt with anger. There was righteous anger. Mm-hmm. So he he was a man like you and I who who had emotions. What do we do with those emotions? And I mm-hmm. what I've discovered is that actually, in many ways, emotion is the voice piece of our soul. How do we know the condition of how mm. do I know the condition of my soul mm. is when I'm able to have the conf- the courage to look and examine my heart and my soul and identify those emotions to be able to identify what am I feeling not to not to bring judgment on myself yeah. but in order mm-hmm. to understand the process of of transformation the process yeah. of becoming Whole as I'm being led by the power of the Spirit mm-hmm. from the inside out. 
Yeah. Not to be governed by our emotions, mm-hmm. not to let right. them rule us, but to use them as like sort of red flags or little uh, temperature readings to see how am I really doing? Mm-hmm. How do I feel about that thing? Um, how am I processing that? They can be great indicators. Yes. I love what you said there, Jeff, that uh, emotions are the voice of the soul and it's a, a way for us to determine the health. Um, one thing that came to mind though, when you said that, was, oh, well, so if that's true and I'm experiencing negative emotions, does that mean that my soul is unhealthy? Or, I mean, because you could you could interpret it that mm-hmm. way, but mm-hmm. I, I know you well enough to know that um, negative emotions belong, they have value, um, mm-hmm. and they're actually a healthy response to the brokenness of our world so often, right? Um, so one of the traps I see so often, and you, we're starting to name it, is particularly within the Christian world where you show up to church and like, hey, how you doing? Oh, fine, fine. Everything's fine. Wife's good. Kids are good. You know, um, everything's great. It's just fine. Doing Even though fine. they just had a meltdown in the car on their way to church. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, because we've been conditioned to believe, well, Christians are, you, if you're a good Christian, you're filled with the fruits of the spirit, you mm-hmm. know, and like love and joy and peace and patience, you know. And so if you have these other emotions, you're you're bad or you're unhealthy, mm-hmm. right? So how, I mean, how do we begin to reframe that, Jeff, and begin to understand that, um, well, living in the world, living in the now and the not yet, you know, Christ has come, he's opened the door in, in a way for us to reunify with God, to begin this process of transformation, saying yes to God and his desire to heal us and to release release us to be these creative agents of hope into the world. Um, how do we integrate those darker emotions? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and the reality is that we have them. We have to accept the fact that we, we do have, um, because we, we are fallen creatures. Mm. We're not perfect. We haven't arrived. So we do have, we are going to deal with um, unhealed, unredeemed emotions. Mm. The question is, what do we do with them? And historically, at times, much of the church, we've reduced our emotions down to some moral, behavioral, perfectionist kind of perspective, as opposed to that in God's kingdom, is it actually the journey of wholeness, which is the process of healing, healing our wounds and our hurts, um, begins as we walk through the door of brokenness. Hmm. So we we have to f- have the courage to examine and look into the depths of our heart and our inner self and with God's grace, because God's operating out of grace, is ask the Lord to heal us in those places of pain, to bring his grace into those places of where we have experienced rejection or betrayal. And so just because we have those emotions, we are not to pass judgment on ourselves, mm. which we have a tendency to do. And Paul said, there's now, no, therefore, no condemnation. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for us to, through the door of, and the courage to walk through the door of, of facing our brokenness, facing our woundedness, that's where the journey of transformation and wholeness begins in the process of living into uh, uh, experiencing the joy and the freedom and the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's an element of vulnerability 
there's vulnerability to admit our brokenness and to collectively say, that's okay that you are broken. Mm-hmm. I'm broken too. And I don't want you to perform and pretend that you're not because yeah. I'm not. And we can actually go alongside one another on this healing journey. We can join one another on the healing journey in a more authentic way, in a more um, powerful way, mm-hmm. if we would all just admit, yeah, I'm broken and we're in this together. Mm-hmm. And we're going to strive after Jesus. We're just going to just go run yes. after him um, and and just enjoy celebrating as we see healing happening yeah. in one another. Um, so, Jen, I, I'm wondering, and this is for you as, as Will's view, Joseph. So what have you learned in your, in your own journey of healing and transformation? What have you learned to do when you have negative emotions? What have you learned to do when you come across feelings, emotions of, of um, all alone or feeling rejected or feeling misunderstood or feeling unheard? What have you done with those emotions? Do you, do you beat yourself up? <laughs> do you suppress those and bury them? Do you just put on a happy face? Or what have, what have you guys learned in your own journey? Sure. Well, first, I use it as an indicator. So it, I, I feel it. And I start to, and sometimes I hope I catch it before I start acting out of it too much. Mm-hmm. Usually there's at least some actions that come out of it. I have an f- expression on my face. I, I make a few comments or something. And I, I have to have enough self-awareness to go, oh, okay, what's going on there, Jen? Like, where's mm-hmm. that coming from? And so just like you were saying, Jeff, use it as an indicator. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, why am I feeling that way? I must be, I must be triggered about something. Um, and feeling misunderstood is definitely a trigger for me. Uh, mm-hmm. There's so many other things, but that's like a, a doorway into some deeper pain. Um, and so I check in with myself and go, what's going on there? And then um, I'm, I'm comfortable with emotions. <laughs> it's probably the four in me if anybody doesn't know. <laughs> um, so they yeah. don't scare me. I just use them and go, okay, this isn't going to rule me. Um, it's okay to feel this. Sometimes if it's a big emotion and I might need to like process it more privately, sometimes I do journal about it or sometimes I do drive mm-hmm. a lo- the long way home and listen to some music, mm-hmm. not angsty music that's going to heighten the emotion, but like um, <laughs> music that helps me remind myself of the truth. And so I go, what is mm-hmm. really driving this emotion? Is this really true? Um, have I... I do, are there some thoughts that I need to capture here? Are there some lies that I need to capture and confront? Because um, yeah. those things are not true, and I need to ground myself again in what is real and what is true. Mm-hmm. And that often calms down a lot of it. Um, if it's something that happened during the day that it's not really like the lie part of it I can capture, but sometimes you're just bummed out that that thing didn't go so well or yeah. things like that. So I address, like, if, if something didn't go so well, it's like, okay, I address the, the lies that attached to failure, but then I also um, have to just allow grief. There's yeah. so many times I have to just give myself permission. It's That's okay right. to be bummed, Jen. It's okay to mm-hmm. grieve this. It's okay to, to miss that or just to be sad about the loss there. Yeah. And so I give permission a lot to feel what I need to feel, to feel the grief, um, but all the while it's being held I tell you, if you can picture Jesus sitting next to you while you're feeling the feelings, mm-hmm. it helps um, a great deal mm. to discern what's what are healthy feelings and what are feelings that have run amok. Mm. Yeah. Um, and if he's right there with you, it helps you rein in the ones that are running wild. Mm. So, 
Wow, Jen, you sound healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, that's a great point because how do you define healthiness? Yeah. So, I mean, is it healthy that you don't have those feelings? Or actually, is it healthy that you can identify, you're able to identify and examine what, where your heart and soul, and then be able to take responsibility? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're going to have the emotions. Abs- it's it's yeah. how we respond to them and how um, I think maturity is not letting them rule us. I think maturity is saying, and I don't mean maturity is in like we clamp down on them and stuff them. That's mm-hmm. not maturity. Maturity is going, oh, okay, well, do I really agree with that driving force that's making me want to rage out and mm-hmm. lash out? Yeah. And And for the record, Jeff asked me, what do I do to help? Not all my unhealthy ways of when they when I don't when I don't do these things well and and I I think um I just when my emotions get the better of me I want part of what I'm asking the Lord to help me with is to is to repair faster and faster mm-hmm. and faster. Yeah. You know, I want to be 90 years old so quick to repair that if that thing comes out of my mouth I want to be able to go That's good. Yeah. Identify it right away and go, "Whoa, whoa, so sorry about that." I want to be able to just so what yeah. I what I'm hearing you saying is that maturity or wholeness, as we're we're the theme is wholeness, is that the the capacity and the um, ability that you're able to um, identify those emotions and those feelings before mm-hmm. which we are going to then go into unhealthy, destructive, maybe coping mechanisms, yeah, and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna react out of our out of those emotions, those lies, those feelings. However, what I'm hearing you're saying is that really growth, maturity, and wholeness is when we're able to integrate those mm-hmm. into the truth mm-hmm. of God's grace and His love. Mm-hmm. Is that what is that what I'm hearing from you? That the, yeah. in the, so the more that we're able to identify and respond and to put off that and walk into our truth, that's the journey of wholeness, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. the journey of transformation mm-hmm. and maturity. Yeah, because yeah. emotions are beautiful. Uh, God gives them to us for, they help us connect. I mean, compassion allows you to sit down alongside somebody and, and you don't have to have gone through the same thing that they're going through, but you can say, I know what it feels like to feel sad. I felt that way too. And you just get to sit there, not fix it, but you just, mm-hmm. you understand. And that's, that's so powerful and so mm-hmm. healing. The emotions can be a great, wonderful, beautiful thing that helps build relationships and build community and, it's it's good for our souls. Um, it helps us connect with the mm-hmm. Lord. Think about worship without emotion. Um, I mean, <laughs> it, emotion is wonderful. We just it um, it doesn't own us, and it's part of an integrated self. Mm. It's a part of. Mm-hmm. It's not an isolated. There, I think maybe we get it. We move away from the hierarchy of head, heart, and actions. Maybe mm-hmm. there's we we put the head mm. at the top, and the head yeah, rules that's, all, that's and we're a good like. Point, mm. yeah. Um, but I think maybe we look at ourselves more holistically and say we are integrated with all these parts, um, and Christ governs mm-hmm. us in all of these things. You know, for a, a long time, I'll just play the foil to Jen describing <laughs> and <laughs> as beautiful picture for us of of health and integration. You know, I think Jeff, I heard you say wholeness is this dynamic process of integrating uh, our, the fullness of our life experience with the truth of who God is and who He says we are. I have not always lived in that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me, part of, part of my story and journey is that for a long time, 
I I didn't have full access to my emotions. I wasn't able to name yeah. all the things. I think that's one of the mm. things we see so often in the group setting when you're facilitating mm-hmm. with a group yeah. is, I mean, I'm sure this, this also applies to women, but see it profoundly in men that we work with is that they'll come in and they aren't actually able to name the emotion that they're yeah. experiencing, right? Yeah. They'll they'll default to something, say something like, I'm mad. You know, it's like, well, I mean, yeah. anger is an experience that we have, absolutely. Uh, it's an intense one. It's not a primary emotion, though. It's mm-hmm. a secondary emotion in response to a deeper emotion. So a big part of my journey has been this humbling one of having to understand that, hey, for a long time, some of my coping mechanisms in my pain um, really numbed me from my feelings, right? Mm. So I've got addiction as a part of my story, you Mm. know? Um, Substance abuse is part of my story. Mm -hmm. And both of those things um, are unhealthy responses to complex emotions, to relational wounds, to disappointments, but they really numbed me, right? So Mm -hmm. I know at one point actually working with Jeff um, in a session, uh, he asked me what I was so angry about. And I I didn't really, I genuinely didn't really understand. I didn't have a good answer. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But I also wasn't really that aware that I was sitting there really angry because for so long, I grew up in a Christian home, wonderful Christian home, um, but anger is bad. Right? Yeah. You, can't, you can't be angry. That's mm-hmm. like almost, it's sinful. And so what did I do? I stuffed it, right? Yeah. I disassociated from it. So I, I'm like, I'm not an angry person. Um <laughs> Jeff holding that mirror up to me helped me see, oh man, actually, I carry around anger all the time. It leaks out when I drive. Like mm-hmm. it leaks out, it leaks out when I'm playing competitive sports. Yeah. Um, it's not just this healthy competition. There's this uh, there's a it's your outlet to let Yeah, out. totally, yeah. totally. You know, so part of my journey has been having to say, identify what are those behaviors or practices that I'm doing that are actually not giving me access to my full emotions. So stopping those. Yeah. um, Then beginning to learn the vocabulary of the world of emotions Mm -hmm. and to practice trying to name that. And that really requires, this is why it's so important for us to be in community and in group processes, right? Because this is not something that um, Mm -hmm. just, like we're born knowing how to do. This is a, a learned skill in so many ways. And the way that you learn that is by practicing it within community, processing within community. Because frankly, so often I'll have a life experience where um, I don't actually, I, I can feel I'm not, I'm not in my peace. I'm in my pain, you know. Um, I can feel that I'm, I'm shaming myself or I'm performing. And then I come into a room with, you know, with Jeff or with you, Jen, or, or with some of my dear friends or my family, and they can tell that I'm dysregulated. And then they ask that, that question of, hey, what's, what's going on there? And that invites me to, to slow down and to, yeah. and to say, well, actually, I don't know. Can you, can you help me process this so that I can discover and name what it is that I'm really yeah. feeling? Yeah. Because then when you can name what you're really feeling, you can address it. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to address something that you are not, are not aware of. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that um, you identified uh, two of your new actions, which we already talked about in our six spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talked about slowing down yeah. and that of surrendering. 
Mm-hmm. So those are beautiful gifts by the Holy Spirit that that He initiates. And the thing about the Holy Spirit, He never forces Himself on us. Mm. You know, He He doesn't He doesn't dominate us. He invites us into mm-hmm. the process of transformation. It's an invitation by His grace to help us as we empower ourselves power ourselves to discover God's goodness and his grace then leads us into a place of wholeness, of maturity, of of um, completeness, and that then leads us into becoming a more loving person. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that too, Joseph, because I think you're definitely not alone out mm-hmm. there. And I think a lot of people can identify with pieces of your journey. Yeah. And thanks for being vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. Gosh, I'm, I can't believe you're getting really that vulnerable, you know, which is, <laughs> which, you know, we know that that's one of our values, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And when we talk about a holistic, integrated discipleship um, group, is that authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability is, is critical to allowing ourselves to feel safe mm-hmm. to address our inner. You know our inner self to mm-hmm. be able to have the courage to look within ourselves, and and then also accepting the other value of brokenness, and so authenticity means that I have nothing to hide. Mm. So we're we'll, we will not grow in maturity and love if we're hiding if we're being inauthentic, mm-hmm. and that's the result of fragmentation or disintegration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the value of brokenness, which means I have nothing more to prove. Mm-hmm. Which that as we've talked about earlier is the performance-based um, Christianity is shame-based. Yeah. And so understanding that part of this journey is to embrace our weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Paul talks about in Romans uh, chapter. I mean, in Second uh, Corinthians chapter twelve, he says, "For my power for." Power is manifested in my brokenness, in my weakness. So to really embrace our our brokenness is is the journey into joy and peace and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, we've got to we've got to wrap up here. Um, and I want us to do something kind of intentional at, towards the end in terms of just trying to define for people pretty succinctly what wholeness or the new self is. And in distinction to the disintegrated or the old self. But before we get there, the descriptions of, of wholeness and of health that I've heard you guys describe, it really stood out to me that they, them's fighting words right now. Um, because on, I, I see it as challenging two really dominant paradigms that we are seeing right now in our culture. And, and one on one end, we have um, this value of this, like this radical self-acceptance, you know, where, Hey, there's nothing, mm-hmm. um, like there's nothing wrong with you. Right. Take me as I am. Here I am. Right. You don't need to change, you know, yeah. um, you actually just need to be told that you're, that you're good and that you're loved and there's nothing that you need to do. Right. Um, and regardless of what dysfunction may be or chaos may be a part of your life, um, unconditional positive regard. regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on the other side, there's this really, I mean, it's 
It's been around since the area of, of, of Plato's, but there's been this resurgence in Stoicism, right? Mm. Which is really this, this kind of left brain, logical, materialistic, scientific perspective that says, well, hey, actually, emotions are kind of, you know, bad. And, and the most valuable thing is to develop, cultivate this kind of detached Stoicism that allows you to move through the world mm. with purpose. Um, and mm. I, both of those movements... Um, are really their ascendant right now. And what I'm hearing described here in our conversation about wholeness and about health is, is neither of those things. And actually, if you're going to say yes to this kind of this third way, this middle path, it will require you to confront those two kind of mm. challenging paradigms mm. and to let go of some of them. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's really good. But, but isn't that the walk of um, growing in Christ? Is he says, I love you just as you are. You are mine. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. He says, I come alongside you in all of your brokenness, in everything, sitting there in the muck and the mud. Mm-hmm. He enters in and comes alongside of us. And then he says, but I love you so much, I don't want to leave you here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave you covered in mud stumbling and bleeding and broken. So take me by, like, take my arm. He's offering us his mm-hmm. hand. And he's like, come, I want to, I want you to experience how I really intended you to live, like mm-hmm. fully. I don't want you to sit in a mud pit your whole life. I want you to experience what it feels like to run in fields and fly. Like, he's like, I want you to feel the fullness of life. So he takes us on a journey. Um, so he loves us just as we are. There's that acceptance. Um, fully, we fully belong. Flawed and broken. Mm-hmm fully belong. And yet he goes, because I love you, I have more for you. And I want to see you healed. Mm. I don't want to see you suffering your whole life. I want to see you healed. Um, and so here we go. Let's, let's do this process of transformation. That's the, that's the partnering with him, the, the choosing, the, the surrendering. It's saying, I want to go on this journey of healing, of change, mm-hmm. of yeah. transformation. Yeah. So you take me as I am, but I don't want to stay there. I want to grow and become um, all who you, gosh, the fullness of life. I want to, yeah. I want to f- experience mm-hmm. full health. That, yeah, you know, that's good, Jan. I mean, you're you're really you're laying down again the foundation of where healing mm. begins and the process of healing is our relationship with Jesus. And and at the same time, I love what you're saying, Joseph, is attaching it to where our culture is today. And mm-hmm. you know, I see that we're in a crisis, uh, not only of identity confusion, but there's also a crisis of truth mm-hmm. in an era of yeah. that of deconstructionism and uh, also of um, relativism. So, so what we're what we're saying is Jesus is the truth. Jesus, the truth is Jesus loves you. Jesus accepts you just the way you are. But he doesn't allow us to stay the way we are. Mm. And that's the journey of transformation, mm-hmm. is being motivated out of understanding the goodness and the grace of God yeah. and mm-hmm. living from that reference point, from that place. And that's what, we're, that's what um, it needs to happen if we're going to see a transformation in our culture, we're going to see transformation in our families, we're going to see healing in our marriages, is we have to... We have to centralize the reality of Christ's unconditional love mm-hmm. and, and the work that he's done on the mm-hmm. cross for us. Yeah. 
You know, both of you guys, what I heard throughout what you were just describing is um, a vision of God that is of that he is he's powerful that he is present that he is trustworthy mm-hmm. that he is for our mm-hmm. healing good mm-hmm. um and i know he's f- kind. yeah he's kind mm-hmm. he is he is patient mm-hmm. um that's not the image of god is not an incorrect image of god one of the biggest obstacles that is preventing people from saying yes oh, to the healing journey yes. yeah. i know right, it was sir. for me you're yes. right it's tragic and that's that's why that's why the church we get to help people integrate yeah. the whole self because we get to correct mm. like we get to re help them see who we they get to re meet God. Right. That old mm-hmm. whatever impression they yeah. have of this judgmental, mean, gruff, condemning critic. Mm-hmm. Uh they that's not who God is. Mm. And we get to yeah. be on the front lines of saying, oh my goodness, let me introduce you yeah. to the good Savior of your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I want to just address what you're saying, Joseph, is that you know, deconstructionism is a characteristic we're seeing in the church today. I would also suggest that deconstructionism is really part of the journey of, reform, of transformation. Mm-hmm. The problem is if you stay stuck mm-hmm. in deconstructionism, yeah. then... There's not going to be any change. Yeah. But we all have to come to a place. We've all had to come to a place of deconstruct our faith in order to reconstruct it into mm-hmm. transformation. That's yeah. right, because you have to deconstruct some of those yeah. old m- myths about who mm-hmm. God is. That's right. That yeah. the old yeah. image of God, or you may not know it's an old image of God, but you have to deconstruct: mm-hmm. is this really the God of the Bible? Is this really? Is this really true? Mm-hmm. Is this his character? Mm-hmm. These impressions that I have, this way I grew up, whatever it may be, of what who I think God is, there is an element of I have to lay yeah. that down and mm-hmm. deconstruct it. But I think you're exactly right, Jeff. People get stuck there, and deconstruction should lead to yeah. construction. Well, not even getting stuck there. The thing that I see so often is that people are elevating deconstruction as a destination. They're saying, oh, yeah. they're saying, actually, hey, deconstruction is akin to enlightenment, right? So deconstruct and then you're free. It's like, well, actually, I, don't, I mean, yes, I, I love what you're saying, Jeff. I think it is an, an absolutely vital part of our mm-hmm. journey of spiritual health and development to deconstruct. I had to deconstruct my God concept if I was That's going right. to get healthy because yes. so much of what was driving my destructive behavior and my own mm-hmm. self-rejection, the shame that was binding me, was rooted in the fact that, well, while I didn't say it, mm-hmm. my heart really, I, I discovered, oh man, I actually, I don't trust that God is good and present and for me healing good and kind and patient. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's pissed at me and that he's he's just sitting there looking at his watch being like, man, Carlson, how many times are you going to keep screwing up? That's like right, you're, yeah. you're wasting yeah. it. You're blowing yeah. it, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um yeah, so deconstruction is not a destination, and when we elevate it to be that, then man, we're in for a world of hurt because then we're stuck in yeah. that area of, I mean, of nihilism so often, mm-hmm. of uh, of pessimism, of, I mean, yeah. all sorts no, of different no, yeah. destructive Religious isms, narcissism, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, and I think it's interesting is that when deconstructionism, when it becomes when it becomes a religious virtue, 
when we embrace it as a religious virtue, then we are going to exalt more than anything else. We're going to exalt doubt. Mm -hmm. And so there, because if you believe in deconstructionism, you believe there's no absolutes. So for you to be certain or have any sort of convictions about anything, it you would be judged as being arrogant or mm-hmm. um, you know self self importance. And the reality is, if we don't believe there's absolutes, if we don't believe that there's a good God, then nihilism and narcissism, and we're going to see a continued disruption of our culture, disintegration of our culture, of the fragmentation, which then leads us to a greater sense of disintegration. Mm-hmm. So that's just where we find ourselves today. Well, it sounds like we could probably have do a whole episode on, uh, <laughs> on deconstruction. Um, I'd like to end this episode by um, holding up for people just a pretty simple and clear image of what what we're talking about when we say we're describing the disintegrated self, the old self, and the, what we're holding up is the the hope and the goal um, as you progress on the healing journey of goal of of wholeness. If people are going through the skills course, then there's these two really helpful little graphics that you or pie charts that you have developed, Jeff, and one of them talks about the disintegrated self, and one of them talks about the whole self. And I just would love it if we could go through that pretty briefly to help people kind of see and to diagnose, um, hey, this is what the disintegrated self looks like, and hey, this is actually what the healthy self looks like. I know we've talked about this Mm -hmm. a lot using some of our own stories, but um, if we could close it out here by, by articulating that pretty succinctly. So how would we describe the disintegrated soul or the old self well these i mean these are some basic concepts or principles that will help us to um define um what we're talking about with the old self and in the the passage in um ephesians chapter four it says since you have taken off your old self with its practice what does that mean to take off your old self with its practices and that's in colossians three as well in the, some of the principles of what does that look like, the disintegrated self is, first of all, it's really living out of your fears mm. and living out of your five senses. So we're, we're not living from the inside out. We're living, we're being governed and we're enslaved to the external reactive. world. And we're being reactive to, our, to the five senses, to our traumas, as well as to the culture in which we live in. So Disintegration is a result of not living out of our inner being, but living from from our outside, in from our fears. Secondly, is um, a disintegrated self can be described is really disconnection. We've already addressed that, and hiding from intimacy is intimacy is something that's not safe. If you have experienced betrayal or some level of relational or uh, trauma is that intimacy can be a threat. So it's easy for us to disconnect and to live in our heads mm. and to, mm. to live in a place of intellectualizing, theologizing, um, and, uh, and then there is the reaction, the result of, of really uh, um, disconnecting, withdrawing, 
um, numbing out when we're living in our disintegrated self. Uh, and then another principle would is that for our own self of protection is that we're going to be we're not going to be honest with ourselves. You know, we have secrets. There's mm-hmm. shame in our lives, and mm-hmm. I and I know Joseph, um, you address that, and and that's part of my testimony is exposure to pornography at a very young age, and so I learned how to hide. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I learned how to learn to live in a s- secret place, and mm-hmm. so. Um, I didn't realize that in many ways I was a dishonest person, but I was dishonest because I was out of my own self-protection. Mm. Yeah. So that's part of the disintegrated self. Um, and then the other principle would be um, there's we create this false or pseudo-self. We create this imposter. We create mm-hmm. an image. Mm. Uh, we put on masks in order to project ourselves to hide from our insecurities and our fears so that hopefully people will affirm us or people mm-hmm. will value us. And that's that's to live on that treadmill is is exhausting mm. yeah. to live that way. So those are some of the I think those are some of the principles of a disintegrated self. I think that yeah, the disintegrated self is also very compartmentalized. Um and so you're not and some I, I think one symptom you can tell if you're living like compartmentalized life because somebody will ask you to blend like from your head to your heart. And sometimes there's a response of anger. You get angry, like, what does that have to do with this? <laughs> I don't want to go there. This doesn't have anything to do with that. That's a sign of a compartmentalized mm-hmm. life. You can't touch that part of my... Jesus, you can't touch that part of my life. Why are you poking around over there? That's mm-hmm. that's none of your business. Or people in a relationship with, why are you poking around over there? That's a sign of a compartmentalized life. I think we can be compartmentalized with our head and our heart, our emotions, our mind. Um, our, we can be... Um, our emotions are very self-absorbed emotions, um, very circular and self-absorbed. Um, our mind can be very self-focused. All of our thoughts, um, I'm entitled. Like, how is how am I interacting with the world? I'm entitled to things. I don't measure up. I'm not safe. I'm all alone. Like it's. Um, mm-hmm. And then our behaviors are are the classic coping. Um, a disintegrated self is going to be blaming others. Shaming, self controlling, and just escaping or numbing out mm-hmm. a, a compartmentalized life, a fragmented self. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. But the new self. But the yes. new self. There's there's hope because yes. we don't. We aren't just stuck. Joseph, in the, bring us hope. The old <laughs> self. On the new self. Uh, well, I just was sitting there listening to Jen actually being like, well, I've still got some areas of, of disintegration because somebody <laughs> Welcome po- to the pointed out to me like, you're yeah. really in your head right now. When, yeah. how, how, where, where are you at in your heart? And, I, uh, and my response is, I, I don't know. <laughs> One of the easiest ways for me to conceptualize um, and to, to measure the degree that I'm living in wholeness is this idea of re- reliability and um, mm. trustworthiness, mm-hmm. right? That hey, if I am living a whole self, if I am not disintegrated, but I'm integrated, then I am going to be a pretty reliable person. Mm -hmm. Like, would the people in my life describe me as reliable? Mm -hmm. Would they describe Mm -hmm. me as moody, mercurial, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Reliable, predictable. Yeah. Like, they're not Mm -hmm. constantly shocked by your reaction to things. Right, right, or the decisions that you're making, yeah. Um, So... We've held up a picture of, of what the disintegrated or the false self looks like, but Jeff, take us home here. What does is, what is the whole self, what does the, the new self look like? Yeah, so we talked about the disintegrated self, the false self, 
uh, as Scripture says, is that we need to take that off. But it doesn't leave us there. We need to put on the new self in Colossians 3.9, and put, we have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of our Creator. So mm-hmm. what does that look like? Well, that means that, number one, is that we have to live a life of integrity. As opposed to disintegration, we want a, a life of wholeness is to live a life of integration or completeness. And that is the process of facing our pain, embracing our pain, and bringing the goodness and the grace of God into those places to bring redemption and healing and meaning to our pain. So integrity is to live from the inside out. It's to learn to to discover our inner self and to discover the reality of the Spirit of Christ who abides and dwells within us and living in that union with Him from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And then secondly is to live a life of wholeness in our new self. It is being true to oneself, to be an authentic. We addressed that earlier. And to live a life of honesty, mm-hmm. uh, to be uh, transparent. And, um, and that's where dishonesty always creates disintegration and fragmentation. Mm-hmm. So we want to... But where do we feel safe? And I think that's what we've been talking about um, is the importance the church should be the safest place mm-hmm. in the neighborhood mm-hmm. where people can come and be honest and be transparent. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of the grace of God. And then the, the other principle uh, for living a life of wholeness and the new self is that integrity produces the fruit of humility and personal care. So self-care as well as if you don't care for yourself, you don't have a self to care for others. Mm. So we need to take care of ourselves. And that comes from a place of vulnerability and openness in that place of brokenness to deal with our places where there's been fragmentation, where there's been trauma, where there's mm-hmm. been pain. And then lastly um, is that wholeness implies um, that the key to our life um, on a daily basis is to live a life of power in the Spirit and purpose in our relationship with Jesus. So it's power and, and purpose. And mm-hmm. actually, I'd, I'd, I'd like to also add to that that the work of the Holy Spirit brings us both power and character. Mm. Mm. There's, we, cannot, we cannot experience power if there's disintegration and there's a lack of character. Yeah. Because what we, can, what we build with our gifts and our anointing and our skills will destroy with our character. Mm. So it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is what discipleship and holistic yeah. integrated discipleship is we want to see the power of God through His Spirit to transform us into the character of Jesus yeah. Christ. Mm-hmm. The problem with that, it's slow. Mm-hmm. It's a slow yeah. process. Yeah. And it starts slow and it's small in relationships. Yeah. Characters mm-hmm. built over time. Yeah. yeah. I think that the integrated whole self is that um, a sign of that. One, one sign of that um, is when you know something in your head and you actually experience it in your heart. Mm, that's good. That integration. Because I, I know I've struggled with that at different points in my life. And I talk to many people who are like, I know this in my head, but I don't feel it in my heart. Like, I know God loves me in mm-hmm. my head. I can quote you the Bible verses, but I don't feel it. Like, it hasn't, that long, long road from the head to the heart mm-hmm. feels like a massive disconnected yeah. bridge journey. Wholeness builds the bridge between the head and the yeah. heart. Um, the integrated self, and you add your your body and your behaviors and your 
interaction with others into that. And that is a picture of wholeness, new self right there. Listeners, I wish you could be staring at these two uh, pie charts with us. And maybe we'll all try and figure out a way to um, put this in the show notes so that people can actually see them. But it gives this description of, you know, the old self, the emotions that we often ex- find ourselves experiencing or feeling betrayed, defective, powerless, rejected. Um, in the new self, I can measure some that I am experiencing that regenerated, transformed life. Mm-hmm. If I'm starting to feel I'm available, I'm connected, I'm present, and I'm aware. And then my thought life changes. You know, Jen, you mm-hmm. mentioned them before. The old self is is preoccupied with thoughts of entitlement, of not measuring up, of not feeling safe, of feeling all alone. Well, the, the new self begins to have new thought patterns, which are healthy. They're, hey, I've got self-worth, I'm valuable, I'm significant, um, I am secure regardless of the uncertainty that is happening in my life. Mm-hmm. And I am not alone and I don't have to do it alone. And then that's expressed in reliable behaviors. I mean, you're being reliable, being predictable, being engaging, being loving and others centered. I love, Jeff, how consistently I hear you say that healthy and mature spirituality is measured in this simple question. Am I more loving today than I was yesterday? Have I become a more loving person this week than I was last week? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, yet another incredibly rich time and conversation. I just so appreciate your guys' heads and your hearts being willing to do this. Um, we're going to come back next week and we're going to dive into session two. And I'm really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Woohoo. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have questions or need help or for more information about how to take the next step in your healing journey, please feel free to email us at ftlpod at northcoastcalvary.org or head over to the relationshipresource.org to learn about what classes and resources are available to support you. A big thanks to North Coast Calvary Chapel and the Relationship Resource for making this podcast possible. Our podcast was directed and produced by Joseph Carlson and edited by Nate King. Original music by the one and only Brian McMaster.